It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. You can find Blackballed on The Ringer NFL feed. It's The Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Roger Bell there. I've been recording for six minutes on record right now because Kerm has beef with me. And somehow you have beef with Kerm right now going into the into the into this podcast. You just got back from vacation and you got beef with Kerm? I think I think, and this could be maybe a question we ask the listeners. Um, I'm better when I have a little beef. <laughs> History suggests. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm better when I have a little beef. So if I have to manufacture that beef up up top, like I didn't, I didn't to your point, I'm fresh off a of vacay. I'm like six shades darker. You know, it was really relaxing. I, I, there's there's no real juice flowing. So I manufactured some beef with Kern this morning. And so I'm ready so, to rock. So so full transparency of what happened in the pre pod meeting now. The last, I'm just keep it real. Anyone who has listened to the last couple of episodes, one of our audios has been fucked up. Like either me or Raja's audio has just been messed up, right? And Kerm was doing a great job as our fucking producer and was just like, hey guys, your audio has been fucked up. We need you guys to just make sure that your audio is good. And Raja's old ass goes, I quote. No, 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 no. We ain't going to do that. We ain't coming out the gates because now I'm going to have beef with you. The old ass is unnecessary in a moment. First of all, Kerm was telling us to check. He was telling us to check the audio, which is fair. More than fair. I've got no problem with that. I said, my audio is checked. It's working. Then Kerm said, I need you to look at the audio and make sure. And I'm like, yo, my boy, I'm 46 years old, bro. I didn't already told you my audio was working. <laughs> That's what, hey, you know why I, don't I said see old a problem ass? With that. You know why you know why I said old ass uh-huh. It's because you quote said I am 46 years old, motherfucker. I don't need the audio being checked. You those are your words. That's why I called you old because you said a very old curmudgeon thing to say. No, that was just illustrating that I'm not 7 and if I've told you that it's already on, then it's on. <laughs> That ain't got nothing to do with being old, man. That's got once you pass a certain benchmark of age. If I tell you I've done it, it's done. Uh, all right, it, I just want to say, Kern been been lifting that three fifteen on the bench press. He's ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? Is all I'm saying. He's ready. Me to and go. Kerm, he looking me like Kern are good because now my beef is with you, so we could pod. Let's rock. <laughs> Let's pod. <laughs> all right, bro. Oh man, I don't even know where to start. How was vacation? Was vacation good? Vacation life was good, man. Sometimes it's, you know, in my in my post-NBA life, the only real decompression time you have during the year is that spring break. And 
you forget about how fast paced your world is moving and how much stuff is going on and how little time you have to actually soak everybody in and, and your family and stuff like that. And then spring break comes around and the, at first you're like, well, what the hell are we going to do? Like, we don't have games. We don't have practices. There's no school to go to and, and you're itching. And then as you settle into it, man, it's dope, bro. You get a little bit of time with everybody. There's, there's, it, it was cool, man. We had a good time. Yeah, no, nah, it was it. That was I was happy y'all y'all got to go, man. I was happy because like I don't know, man. Spring break seems seems lit, and we saw the little preview of you guys uh, pre uh, before you dipped. Look nice, man. Look nice. That. Thank you. I'm ready to go though. I'm back. I mean, it's that time of year. Um, what we two weeks? T minus two weeks. Yeah, there are a couple uh, of teams though, Raza, that are also looking for an early vacation into this uh, from this season, and they're trying um, hard. They're they're really trying hard. The one team that I've been seeing is the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk. 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 Okay, so over the weekend, they go and they play uh the the Charlotte Hornets in Dallas. They lose to the point where Luka Doncic is talking about he's losing his joy, right? There are reports out there that Kyrie Irving's professionalism is is really really keeping the team afloat. We're getting those. We're getting yeah, yeah, Roger. We're here. We're here, and um, so we're getting those right. And then the Dallas Mavericks go to Charlotte and take another L, and it's one of those excruciating L's where you know Charlotte's winning most of the game. The the the, the less talented team is winning the game and up double digits, and then Dallas goes up and they they cut it to five here, cut it to one here, cut it to seven here. And they still lose the game. It was one of those. It was like the hard games in the back stretch of the season. And now, at this very moment, the Dallas Mavericks are out of the play-in tournament proceedings at this very moment in time in terms of the standings. What has been your read of the Dallas Mavericks, and and where do they go from here, man? Because it's just it's it's really sad. It's one of those things for me. Even if they do make it into the postseason, it's going to be an easy out for them. They're going to lose. It's I don't I don't believe them to be a team. They just don't have good juju at this moment, and I, I don't I don't like what I'm seeing. <sighs> well, I mean, I would agree with you. I don't like what I'm seeing either right now in this snapshot of a moment. Um, I think your feelings of the Mavs currently would to some degree um, be a reflection on how you felt and what you felt their ceiling was going to be post-trade, right? Like if you were in the camp of thinking they were going to win a championship with Kyrie immediately, then obviously you're going to be like losing your mind and, and, and feeling like, you know, that this house is on fire. I did not necessarily think that that move at that time was going to put them in a championship contention like category. It wasn't going to raise their level to that degree like that. I thought, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong for this. Like I'm not speaking for anyone with the Mavs where they were as a franchise wasn't knocking on the door of winning a chip, even though, even though you won, you know, the way you did last year and beat the Suns and stuff like that. I didn't, the way you were playing this year didn't necessarily suggest that you're in a, you're in a place like where you're competitive, you're going to make the playoffs. You've got this superstar in Luka Doncic, but it hasn't proven to be enough. And we're looking to pair him with something that can get us over the hump. And so that might not mean that we're going to win this year, but we got to find a way to, uh, to attain that star, like find that talent, get that talent in-house right now, and then build from there. And so that's where I was with the match. And while it doesn't look great right now, I think you're positioned in a way where you can see if these two really work together, um, if this talent this duo of talent is is going to be complementary. And then the move was moving forward from here, like next year, once we start to put pieces around it to, to you know, build build the team in, in the way that you want to build the team to support those two. And so it doesn't look great. I'm not pointing any fingers. I just think it's one of those things. And it's always, it's always a possibility when you make a move like that late in the season for everybody not to be clicking on all cylinders and that's there's some funk right now in 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 Dallas I got to be honest with you Raja when i see the Dallas Mavericks in there and how they've at least in the last few years have built or tried to build around Luka it's it reminds me a lot and it, it all it's two things it speaks to how hard it is to build a team around a superstar in this league but the second thing is it reminds me of when you know LeBron's first few years in the league when 
You have this great, great player, and you don't, I, you're having trouble building around him. So what you do is, instead of like systematically building a team around him, you go and you make a trade here to figure it out, right? You make a you make an ill-advised trade on one hand that doesn't work out. Let's talk about Kristaps Porzingis. You could say what you want about him as uh, Kristaps as a player, but it just by and large didn't work alongside Luca. And then you know you 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 trade for Christian Wood. Well, maybe that'll work, right? And then somehow, and then it, and I've come around on this, right? You get rid of. Uh, Jalen Brunson, like he's offended by the offer that you give him, right? And then so he goes on to another team. And then you trade for Kyrie to just like not not only get a superstar into the mix, but also cover up the mistakes that you just made as a front office. And so like I'm seeing these moves and it it seems like a lot of band-aids are being put on, on the roster instead of an actual systematic approach. And we have more things to to consider you know, for the for the offseason. Like, this isn't a, a finished project by any means, but there's still question marks. Is Kyrie going to come back next season? He holds all the leverage here. So you're going to have to pay him no matter what. And that goes to your point a few years, uh, about a year ago when I was like, is, is Kyrie going to be good in the league? And you were like, <laughs> somebody's going to pay him, Logan, right? So you got that on him. He's going to, you know, he has you over the barrel. And then you don't know you, you don't know how you're you're still in the same position of how you are going to build the roster is it's it's just band-aids at this point and you don't really have a hold on on what the roster is going to be and there's even been criticism on Jason Kidd and him as a coach going down the backstretch of this season there's just so many question marks and i wish that there was just a more um refined approach to uh front office ship Overall, and I just wish that they just had it seemed like there was more of a plan instead of every move being reactionary, Roger. Um, that's a lot. Um, look, everybody is under a uh, everybody's under a more magnified kind of microscope when you're losing, right? We can point fingers and everyone's culpable, you know, every player, every member of the front office, every coach, everyone's got their part to play in in both winning and losing, like, or you can't sit here and say that that supporting cast and coaches and give them all the credit for winning and then only want to point to stars and, and stuff when we lose, like we can't do that. Everybody's got their role to play in that. Um, so let, let me start there, but let me, let me just say that and I want to be careful because I, I I've said this before and Luca is this amazing talent. Like he's as gifted. And I mean that as there is in the NBA with the ball in his hands and his ability to create and, and get a bucket and just skill level off the charts. But, he plays a certain way. And so, you know, you can't, you could be, there is a world in which you are trying to put pieces around Luca for the last how many years? I mean, I don't know. Forgive me. Five, 20, uh, 17, five, about six, five years. Five, six, yeah. Yeah. You've, you've been trying to put pieces around Luca in ways, you know, that would help get you guys over the hump, but they haven't necessarily done the job that you thought they could do. And that's not all the way their fault. Like LeBron is like this too, like to play with LeBron in any effective way, like you would have to give up some of what you did if you were a playmaker and a ball usage person, right? Like think about, you know, the, the K loves, uh, or, and the, and the, um, the Chris Bosh, you know, the Chris Boshes, but those were threes. But even the number twos in those scenarios, even D Wade in year two with the heat had to say, hey, this is yours now. I, I will be the number two, thus giving up a little bit of himself. Right. And so I, I think that there is a world in which you're trying to put pieces around Luca and you expect them to look a certain way and you think that they should do X, Y and Z. And because of style of play, they're not able to do that. Right. And so then you got to pivot and move. Um, and try to find the next piece and the next piece. And so now you're at Kyrie who also plays like Luca. So you're like, look, yeah, the whole NBA right now is predicated on, uh, you know, pace, ball movement, um, you know, spread in the floor, getting up and down, um, maximizing possessions and so on and so forth. Um, Luca doesn't necessarily play like that. We're going to get another guy who can just, you know, ISO, and and dance so if luca can't he can and and we know that they both do it and everyone else can just spot shoot and so this is a very weird team to have to build and have to figure out because you've got a star that's as good as luca is but plays a certain way 
you know, it, and, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not absolving the Mavs front office from having made mistakes in their quest to find this person or this team that, that really accentuates and highlights, you know, Luca in, in a way that can produce championships, but it could be more difficult than if you had a really versatile star, a person that could, you know, play in multiple ways and, and do multiple things. Luca is going to play a certain way. It's the way he plays basketball. And so you have to figure out the recipe around that. You know, the Allen Iverson was a great example of that. Like early, er, early when I got to play with Allen, there was a certain recipe that worked. Right. And, and it, when I say worked, I'm talking about at the level that could get you to the finals. Those guys are so good that you can always win games with, with them. Like they're, they're that good at talent, right? They're going to win games. They're right. going to put up points, but the supporting cast that can help them get to the championship has to be cut from a certain cloth. And the Mavs are tr- trying to figure that out. And that's what, I, and I think that's why I am very hesitant to, even if they get to the postseason, think about any type of postseason success with them, because I just don't like their supporting cast at all. I I am completely out on their supporting cast. I see a guy like, um, you know, I see Christian Wood. I'm not all in on that. You know, I think he's, I don't know. I don't think he's designed for the role that he's currently in as like a starting center. Like maybe somebody that comes off the bench, he can be an effective player, but not in the current role that he's in. Um, I love Tim Hardaway. I think he's a good, uh, I think he's a boy. I think he's really good. But other than that, like I'm not, I'm just looking down the roster. I'm like, do I see anyone that I can trust in like the second round in a game five? Like, no, I don't. Other than Kyrie and uh, Ky- those three guys I named, Kyrie, Tim Hardaway, and, and Luca. that's it. That's the only people I even see being on, on that level of, of basketball player. Um, so they got a lot of things to figure out. But, you know, the biggest question is, I think I want to put you to put your uh, GM hat on. The biggest question is here. You had a sample size of Kyrie and Luca together, right? And I think I'm of the mind that you have to keep the asset, right? No matter how good he, no matter what the what the plan is, how hard are you going to keep Kyrie in your organization? Um, and not even on a character trait, right? Like, but like you've seen a sample size of how, or a small sample size of how they go together. Are you saying, you know? We're going to sign him. We're going to, we like some potential that we saw. We like some of the good times of, of them playing together. We're going to build on that. Or are you like, what are you saying going into the offseason, your, your uh, Mavs GM? I really hope that I haven't underestimated the Mavs front office and, and ownership group um, to the point where, where they would have made a move like this and, and given it a three month window of time to like look good together. Like if they made a move like that of that magnitude under that criteria that it has to look good in these three months or we're moving off of, I've grossly overestimated them. And I don't think I have. Like I've got the utmost respect for Mark Cuban and 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 uh, Nico Harrison and, and crew. So I think if I'm them, this was a long-term play. Like we're not, we've, ide- we've there's something in Kyrie, you know, and I, I get it. I've told you this before, like you just alluded to it. That's, that's it. That is a, a, bag of talent that is exploding from every seam, right? And so you've said, we think this will work. It may not have borne fruit right away, but we're if we can, if we can come to an agreement with him, like, because I don't know what he's asking for or what the situation looks like, but, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily be afraid to pay a market. I'm not, I'm not trying to like do anything stupid necessarily. I think, you know, having flexibility and some leverage with Kyrie is probably going to be every team in the league. So the Mavericks, the Mavericks would be no different in this conversation. But if we could get all of those things done and the numbers are good, I want Kyrie because I want to see what this looks like as we get into an offseason, as we can go shopping and free agency for pieces that we might not have had the opportunity to get around the trade deadline that we think pair nicely with these two. So yeah, I'm keeping Kyrie. Now, you know, I... Kyrie's Kyrie in terms of a, a locker room guy and a professional has been really good in Dallas so far. Right. And as long as, as long as that's happening and we're working towards this goal and, and, and we still have a roadmap to success, at least in our minds, I'm good with that. Cause where do I you mean, go? If you, I, if you, if, if you punt on Kyrie, let's, let's say, sorry for cutting you off, but let's say you, let's say it's, it's, it's not a situation where you guys can't come to an agreement and, and Kyrie is like, yo, I, I can't come to an agreement with them. I got to move on like a, a Lamar Jackson. Like if you don't do your best job to keep him and you say, all right, we're out on the, where, where are you, where are you going now? What are we doing? 
after we just made the trade. Like I don't, I don't understand at that point, right? Yeah, and then you just, and then you're sitting at Luca, like, but what do you, what do you say to Luca after that, right? Like he's and Luca's been. By all intents and purposes, Luca has been a good soldier through all of this, man. You ain't heard Lucas like doing no sublims about the roster or anything. Like, I right. mean, I think you've 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 definitely. I will say that you did hear that athletic story back in, in a couple like a couple years ago. I think Tim Cato and Amick did that story. Um, but by and large, Luca has all the power in this, and he he could flex his muscles. I think a bit more than he does, and he hasn't done that to his credit. So I think that. Um, when it comes to Kyrie, barring like, you know, the last two summers for Kyrie have kind of been a little too lit <laughs> for his, you know, for 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 uh, both him and the team that he plays for. Hopefully for this season, he can, th- this summer means he has a plan of knowing who he's going to play for next season. He knows that he's going to have a full training camp with these guys and they can, it, if it all goes perfect, they will have a training camp and they will have a better roster than they do right now. And they can go make a run at it. It does. And also if they lose Roger, here's another thing. If yep. they lose and don't make the postseason, they have a um, top 10. They did trade a pick to, uh, to the Knicks, but it's top 10 protected. If they get that number one pick Roger and they get Victor Wimbanyana, then what, uh, what, then uh, what, then what? And then they sign Kyrie. Then what, what are you seeing now? They build the roster around. Is that a championship? Is that a championship roster right there? No. Eventually, maybe Victor Webbidiab is not coming into the league, in my estimation, and helping you win a championship next year. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, he's going to need some time. Like, we, you know, we had Wendy on, and he was telling you, like, you know, how, how he's got all of these amazing traits, but there is going to be a learning curve. For him, right? This isn't a Wemanyama, but yeah, I mean, look now you've got now you've got at least in theory the three pieces and like you know the trio of people talent wise that that would eventually whether that's year two or three, like I don't know, but I don't know that it would be year one. Can you dig what I'm saying? Um, I just again, I'm going to go back to pace, right? Like, there's no secret as to why you know the Mavericks' pace of play is like third worst in the league. You know, you're, you, you've got, you've got these amazing singular offensive players that, that, um, can do incredible things with the ball. You go down and look at, but the key is to not be that low, even with guys that can do that is to have the pace, you know, middle of the NBA pack where it still gives you some room. If you're Kyrie or Luca to do what you do with the ball when, you know, shit's not going well and. You know, team has a scouted interaction, isn't producing anything, or the others on the team are off, whatever that looks like, boom, we can still drop into this. But the pace in a lot of instances allows the me's of the world, um, the the supporting cast of the world to to get off in a way that can help support you with enough points that now your 33 win the game instead of your 42 losing the game. So I, they have to find a happy medium of picking that pace up. And and it doesn't have to go to number one in the league where Luka never has the ball in his hands and Kyrie never can dance and be this brilliant player. But it can't be bottom third in the league and be bad defensively. Want... You can't do that. Exactly. And also to your point about just like um, making sure that all the points that get, you know, deviated and stuff like that and make sure that they like that, that it's evenly dispersed. And obviously, like you have Kyrie and you have Luca, that they're going to be like they're always going to be high usage guys. But like every once in a while, you want a box score where like Kyrie had nineteen and five, Luca had had twenty one and, and seven, and they win by thirty five. Like you know, you want everyone, what? you want a game like that, and that speaks to the core, like the the uh, supporting yeah. cast. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to articulate a little bit. You did a you did a little better job there, of me. But and that's twofold, right? Like that's number one. You touched on it, having maybe some higher level talent in some instances and I'm not throwing any shade like I haven't broken down the Mavs roster but your talent has to be able to produce right like your your supporting cast has to be able to produce but you have to provide a platform for them to produce and in a lot of instances you know and I say this all the time a lot of us mid-level guys you know your meat and potatoes hard hat kind of journeyman type of guys we feel like given some opportunity we can produce you know but like if we're just standing there watching, then 
you know, that it's always going to come down to someone saying, Hey, Luca's got no support. Um, and I'm standing over there like, well, well, fuck. I mean, I'd love to help support, but you know, I, I don't get any shots. And so, you know, you have to find the happy medium Uh, under no circumstance. Am I saying that the ball should come out of Luca's hands all the time and he shouldn't have the, the autonomy to get into his shit whenever he wants to, but you got to pick the pace up to a degree that allows some of those dudes to do what you're talking about, Logan. So if everyone's cooking on a certain night, hey, Luca, Kyrie, you ain't got to have 40 and 30, man. We got you. You can have that 19 and that 22 with a bunch of assists, and we're going to blow someone out. You know what I mean? But like they, they have such a small margin for error when you're bad defensively and your pace is so – those two have to be – they, they got to be on. And even when they're on, they're going to have to hit a game-winning shot to beat you. I mean, it makes for exciting basketball, but damn, you know, like right. every night of that, right? <laughs> right. How many years do you think that it takes to to, to build a roster uh, like this, right? To build a roster that can't compete in your mind. Like, obviously, you got the two pillars, right? You got Kyrie and Luka. But how many years do you think that it takes to build out the rest of that or to take one offseason? I think it'll take one offseason because of the point, the point. In the in their careers that they are at, Luca and Kai, they're both ready to win right now. Like they're both in the prime. Like they're ready to win now. So you just got to get the recipe right around them. You know, you're not looking now. Again, if you throw Web and Yama, let's say hypothetically in that mix, and he's going to be an integral part in 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 the winning of a championship, then I think you're talking about an, another year out because I don't know that he's ready for that. But if you go out and you have identified and you're targeting certain players on your wish list and you're going to hit on more of those than you miss on, I think that you could flip that and be ready to play, you know, be ready to be in the mix next year. We'll see, man. It's very intriguing, the Dallas Mavericks. Let's um, take a quick break and we're going to play a game of do we believe their raps, Raja? This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja, crisp lettuce, and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken, and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tinder Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. And now... Live from the Real One Studios, this is Do We Believe Their Raps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Y'all are the fucking vibes. Okay. Got the production value up. You see the vibes. All right, guys, it's, 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 it's another edition. It's time for another edition of Do We Believe Their Raps, okay, where our, um, our panel of esteemed producers put together a, uh, a few questions for for me and you to answer rah rah mm-hmm. just just to um just as we are in this nba season just to see where the nba season is at so um all right it, it, this this is just going to build off of our last segment this is from kiggity kerm um should the mavs just pack it up and get on the tank bandwagon or just try to string together some wins behind luka and kyrie only Go one ahead, way to rah. play this only one way to play this that's the only one way to play this you're you're trying to win 
Yeah. You're trying to win. We're talking, we're talking about maybe this not being this year, but a build into the future. Like, I don't, you're not setting precedent or culturally like with Luca and Kyrie in the building talking about tanking unless someone is injured and, and can't play. But no, hell no. We're trying to win some games. We're not that now if you far out of playing. Now, if you do like you, sh- I would say you shouldn't tank. Un- I mean, I wouldn't say under any circumstances. Like, if you have like nobody on your team, it just is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. But like, if you have Kyrie and Luca on the team, they will revolt if you even go out and say we're tanking, or if you even even put out the notion. Now, if you do like end up losing by playing hard, it's not the worst thing in the world in this draft. Okay, if you get if you get, fuck around and get a number one pick, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so I say, you know, go, go try to get some wins, man. Cause it also build. here's another thing that messes up with tanking. It just builds a bad president and just, it sets a bad tone just in general because you're, you're, all you're doing is going into every game to lose. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't set a good culture anyway when that happens. Right. Even if you try to do it, you have to make the illusion that you're not just to keep the culture. Right. Um, let's go around the league. The Thunder bounced back after losing to the Lakers on Friday night with the wind against the Blazers on Sunday. They currently have a tied record with the Lakers um, of 37 and 38. If you had to pick between this young Thunder team with SGA, Giddy, and Lute Dort, and this newly formed Lakers squad going to the play-in tournament, who are you riding with, Raja? Going into this play-in tournament, I'm going with the Lakers. Even though they have not looked good, didn't look good yesterday with LeBron coming back, I just... You know, LeBron AD, I'm going to, I'm going to go with them and forgive me. I'm sorry. It's probably stupid at this point. Um, but I'm going to go with them now. If you had asked me like, what core am I going with moving forward? And you threw the big, uh, what's big fella's name that hurt his foot? Um, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Yep. Into the mix with, with Oklahoma city. Oh, I'm going with that. I'm going to, I'm going to actually double down on that. Raja. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to actually pick the thunder. Okay. okay, and for one game in the play-in, I might pick the Thunder because okay. you ne- like we, me and you have watched enough Laker games. You, I'm so sorry that you had to even put yourself through that. But the Lakers, they're three different personalities on a given day. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how it's going to work. And I just try, I, I trust what this Thunder team is building right now. There's just. There's so much dysfunction in Los Angeles right now. It's not even good dysfunction. Every day is just something, dog. I, it's just, it's so annoying. I don't even know how how Third Eye Kai and Kerm do this. I don't know how they keep doing this. It's tough. Also, quick note, Roger, and I've been, we've been meaning to get your opinion for the last day. Did you see what Pat Beth did to LeBron yesterday? Oh. Did you see? Did you see it? I where where he he scores on LeBron and says LeBron is too small. Usually on normal occasions, you know we don't condone that on the Real Ones podcast. We don't like that. I had to respect it. I well, personally had to respect it on that one. I normally don't condone it when you're like losing and you know time and place with that. But that one was perfect. I mean, that was, it was some G that, shit. That was perfect. And here's the thing. But, you know, obviously, um, I, I've had my issue at times with the Pat Bev antics and stuff like that. But Mr. Huddle is, Up himself, he is. Yes, dude. He is. Consistent. He is with that at all times, no matter who you are or no matter where he is. So, I mean, he hit the nail on the head the other day. Like, it was perfect, man. Got him down. Stop. Little turn. Little kind of half baby hook over LeBron and then too small to him and then kind of giggled. Oh man, that shit was funny to me. And then guarded him and LeBron threw that three up and bricked. And like yeah. Pat oh, Bev just funny. won that whole thing because also I believe Pat Bev's raps. I know that wasn't the question, but I believe it because he came in and he said, yo, we going to come in and I'm going, we going to beat the Lakers. I'm going to beat the Lakers. They're going to show how they have me messed up. And then he did it. Yep. Also, he had some interesting comments, though, about Darvin Ham and just like, yo, man, you have me guarding these these wings all the time, just have me playing out of position and things like that. And just and, and saying all these things One, we have enough of a sample size. What do you do? You believe Darvin Ham's raps as a coach right now? That's a tough I don't want to be unfair to Darvin Ham. He was handed. He was handed a ticking like time 
bomb. He was handed a grenade with no pin. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I get it. Like when you are a young coach, especially a minority coach, um, when opportunities present themselves, sometimes you don't have the luxury of sitting there and being like, nah, 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 I'm good. That one doesn't look like the most stable situation. You got to just jump and take it, get your feet in. Um, but he was handed a grenade. And so I don't know what, I don't know how I could put a fair, uh, 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 criticism on what he's done so far. There's just, to your point, it's, it's a team with multiple personality, like disorder to some degree. Like they, they're just all over the place. It's been that way from the start with the rust situation, um, to the, to the, you you name it the injuries the the chasing of the Kareem um, agenda there for a while like you know there was a there's a lot in a season for a first time damn head coach. This is the I think the Lakers' job is the especially right now with the roster construction and just you know the overall dysfunction and everything that goes into just being a Laker. I think that's the toughest job in the league right now at this very moment. It's the toughest job in the league because usually when you because I'm I agree with you. I believe Darvin Ham is a good coach and I think that that will bear fruit throughout his career. I think right now though. It's really hard to be a coach, a head coach in that type of situation because we both know this, Raja. Your first year is about implementing things. Your first year as a head coach, implementing your philosophy and trying to set a tone. Remember, uh, Steve Kerr said like he didn't even have a play, he didn't even have the full playbook in the first year when he was with the Warriors. Like he just right. he didn't, right? And that's under normal circumstances. With Darvin Ham. He has to deal. He has to put out fires, making sure Russ is okay on a daily basis. Make sure he doesn't have LeBron mad about something and sulking, right? Making sure AD is going to be healthy on a day in day out basis, right? And then making sure he's implementing sets. Just the simple thing of implementing sets and timeout structure and how when uh, substitution structures. How do you even make sure you have a substitution structure when you don't even know who's going to play on a day in day out basis? No, all of that is very fair. And, you know, I, I have a little bit of experience with this, having dealt with a first-time NBA head coach in David Blatt on a LeBron James team. And the the expectations and the microscope that he was under consistently, not just by the media, but, uh, not just by the players, but by the front office and ownership. We, were, we had daily conversations about, you know, this cat and whether he was the guy. And I mean... You know, uh, the questions that I would have to field from ownership and, and you know, David Griffin and company about what I felt as a former player, this looked like to the team and how he his message was getting across and was it handled right. Like, and that was a guy, mind you, David Blatt, who had coached and won multiple European League championships. He was a seasoned veteran of a coach for a dude taking the reins for the very first time in Darvin Ham to, to, be met with all of what we just talked about in terms of the distractions and the things going on in LA in general, but add to that the LeBron James effect. Um, and I don't, it, this is a, a gift and a curse, right? Lebr LeBron is obviously great, but it is win now. And it is, uh, it's all being scrutinized at, at every turn. You can't even really get comfortable, man. Like that's, you can't, like you can't get comfortable. There's no time to be comfortable. You hop in, and you're immediately like trying to keep your head above water. There's there's no period of time that you're graced where people are like, yo, just let him get his feet wet. Let let it let us see how this starts to look in a little while. Let him lay his foundation. Nas, nah, nah. When you because that doesn't it's exist. Cra I can't imagine Rajan being in a job where like every single day is scrutinized. Every single day that you that you are that you are trying to coach, it's scrutinized, bro. The, the injury report is scrutinized. And on top of that, that, that happens usually when you're just a Laker, right? You put the LeBron factor into that, it just supersedes everything, man. And then you got to deal with that on top of the fact that the we I don't even know if we're even going to fully appreciate the Russ tenure in, in L.A. We got we need some a few years to decompress from that just to just to really just think about the day in and day out of what that was. Right. And then you have the the, the brief two week like. Trying to be a coach, then you have the brief, brief two-week uh, rumor that Kyrie's coming, right? And then you got to, like, just figure that out and just go. 
it is a, it is so stressful to be a Lakers coach on top of the fact that you have to coach LeBron James. I, I don't envy anyone that has to do that at all. Facts. Facts. So the jury would then still be out for me on, on Darvin. Okay, before we get to the next one, I just got to read the, the direct quote from Patrick Beverly. It, it's, it's fantastic. They asked him if, if Chicago's a perfect fit for him. He says, yeah, if I'm a spoon, Billy Donovan is using me as a spoon. The Lakers, you know, I was a spoon and they used me as a fork. <laughs> 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 well, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, Pelicans sit at eight with a uh, 500 record after beating the Clippers on Saturday. Are the, are the Pelicans cooked? There is still no timetable for Zion, and their fall from grace is something serious. Remember, they were a top team and a top yeah. seed in the West earlier this season. I'm going to go first. I, I don't believe their wraps. They're cooked, Raja. It's done. It's over. Pack it up. See what happens next year. Um, it's just not. It's just not a. It's not a good situation in New Orleans. Like you get the whispers that like, you know, of Zion and and how he's he's not doing the things that he's supposed that you would want as a young superstar. Just in terms of, um, you know, you get the whispers of work ethic. You get the whispers of, um, just maybe he doesn't have everything. Um, all together that you would want from a superstar. Now, like, is it bad? No, not It's not. Is it? Is it worse as it could be? I don't think so. But the fact that you're getting that so early in those types of things, so early in a, in a career, that that's not that's not good. He has a long way to go. I'm sure he still has a chance to be a Hall of Famer. All these things, but when you hear those type of things about a player and those types of questions about a player, it's tough, man. It's tough. You, so I, I don't believe they're wraps this season, and the jury is still out to keep, to go to keep going. Yeah, I don't I don't believe they're wraps this season. Um, I don't believe they're wraps this season. I don't I don't. I, from where I started with them at the beginning of the season, in terms of expectation and, and possibilities, to where I am now, I, I would I would have to say that I'm that I don't believe they're wraps. Let me. I just as I ramble here, I'm trying to think of what I want to say about the Zion situation. I think you. You are correct, but you did a good job of being politically correct. There's there are too many reports of him being a bad professional. There are too many reports of it at this point in a very, very young career for me to sit here and say, oh, it's not that bad. That's really bad. It's re- it's really bad. You can't stay healthy. You can't get on the court. Um you know, it, 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 I'm sorry. He is a talent. He is this incredible force when he's on the floor, but he's never on the floor. And and by by accounts, by a lot of accounts, he doesn't do what he needs to do as a professional to be available and be on the floor. And we used a number one a number one pick, um, and we've invested the way we've invested. It is very bad. Now, can you change that? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the, the you got to want to change. It can't be a one way street. We can't just say, "Hey, you need to change." Hey, you need to change. Hey, you need to change. Like you got to want to change at some point. And it is bad. And he needs to tighten his. He needs to tighten that shit up. He does because there, you know, he needs to tighten it up. As 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 not, he owes it to himself to tighten up. Like fuck the Pelicans. And I don't. I mean, I you know, I don't. I love the Pelicans. I love Griffin. Everybody there. But what I'm saying to to Zion is like. If you ain't doing it for the Pelicans, do it for yourself, my boy. Like, get your yeah. shit together, my man. And it's it's interesting because like this this uh this marriage this is a long term marriage. They just signed an extension, right? They just signed a like y'all are together. And the fact is, like, you know, I think one of the things you got to realize is, is you know when you're a player, bro, they're they're investing. A, not only is the team investing a monetary value with you. They're investing. There's so much invested in Zion as a player, bro. Like the resources that they have put in place, the Pelicans, and I'm sure you know this as well, has they've 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 just in terms of just like Zion's day to day that they wouldn't do for a normal player, right? Just like, um, you know, making sure that there's just so much invested in him. I I don't want to get into too many specifics. I just want to make sure that I'm saying, I'm I'm just treading a line here, but there's so many, so much invested in him. The city is invested in you, right? There were questions if new Orleans was even going to have a team a couple years ago, right? 
there is so much, and it is behold, but it is so important for you just to seek to know that importance that you have not only on yourself as a basketball player, but everyone around you, man. Because it, it's 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 just it. There's so much talent there with Zion, and there's been so many so much talent. It's really, especially with this contract, you got to get on your shit. You got to get on your shit. Another example for me, and hopefully he grows out of this. Hopefully he does. But, you know, if I'm going to pride myself on keeping it a buck and if we call ourselves the real ones and I call a spade a spade, just another example of what can go wrong in this AAU coddling culture when nobody is there to tell you, hey, bro, this ain't it. Hey, my man, you got to tighten this up. Like, yo, what the way you're moving and the way you're working isn't reflective of what's been invested in you. It's not what people before you have done to, to, to be successful and stretch a career out and have, you know, sustained success. Like here's a blueprint, man, get with this. Don't veer off of this. Like, and, and too many, too many of them come up in this world where they are this golden ticket and no one wants to offend it or rock the boat for fear of being dropped by said ticket. And now you wind up with somebody who, you know, it's just, hey, man, look, I hope he gets it right for him, not the Pelicans. He's he's too good of a player, but you got to be out there on the court. You got to take care of yourself and do the things that you need to do and 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 be serious as a pro, man. For sure. Um, two more questions from uh, do we believe their raps? Uh, Minnesota beat Golden State last night. Carl Anthony Towns is back. He had game-winning free throws and a daggers three. It was some G shit. That three was incredible last night. Um, and there's some ways hitting their stride as a team. This is a question from Kai, who I've gotten information that he has done all the questions here. So apologies to Kai. Kai has been mm-hmm, holding it mm-hmm, down for mm-hmm. us. Um, there's some ways hitting their stride as a team. How far can they go now that Cat is healthy? Um, and also keep in mind that Anthony Edwards is out too. I... I, do, I, I don't I don't think that the the Timberwolves are hitting their stride. It's it is what it is. They had a, they're having a nice stretch. They're not going to do much in this postseason, honestly, man. I think, and I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck because that's what we say. We're going to keep it a buck. I just want the Timberwolves to just stop playing games and just build around Anthony Edwards. It's very clear he's the guy. Whatever you got to do, just build a team around him and then go from there. It's so clear. I feel like the, the Timberwolves are just in, in between two eras at this point and they want to appease everybody. No. Anthony Edwards is a guy. Build around Anthony Edwards. That's what I have to say about the Timberwolves. All right, then. Well, I'll just say this because I'm not even going to dig into the Timberwolves as a franchise. Um, fun to watch, but do I believe their raps in terms of really being a threat in the playoffs? No, they're too bad defensively. Sorry. And there you go. That's 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 what we got in Minnesota. I'm actually seeing them play tonight, which is fun. Really no, don't get me wrong. Fun to watch a lot of talent. Like fun to watch them too. Like when they're healthy and the stuff they can do. But like, bro, you you can't be you can't be bottom third in the league defensively and be for real. You know, you know. I heard from a very um, smart basketball playing mind that um, the only way you win a championship is if you're in the top ten <laughs> offensive and defensive efficiency. Hey man, that's just you know. That's how you do like, it. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's being good, right? You're good on both ends. So there you go. You have a chance to win a championship. Aha. Uh-huh. Anywho, last uh, last question on the on the of do we believe their laps? The other side of the matchup from last night is the Golden State Warriors, who lost to the Timberwolves at home. It was a nasty. It was a nasty finish, Roger. I'm not sure if you mm, saw it, but I did not. Two straight possessions. Draymond throws it to the other team. Next possession, Jordan Poole throws it to the other team, and it was over. Like, it was a very winnable game for Golden State. They were at home, but they just fumbled the bag. So here's the question from Kai. Do the Warriors still have enough juice in them to make a postseason run, or is it the end of the road for their dynasty? They've been incredible at home, 30-8. and eight. They've been absolutely horrid on the road. <laughs> At nine and twenty nine, that is insane. Okay, so I uh, I would like to hear your opinion first on this, and I got some thoughts. What do you think, Raja? Yeah, I don't think they make a run this year. I think we've got it. I mean, we got a whole season worth of a sample size now. And while I've been for most of that season in the camp of oh, they can get it together, they can make a run, and I'll still hold out a sliver because they are the defending champs and you know, the seasoning that is on that roster. I don't really believe it. I guess what I'm saying is I, it wouldn't be like the most surprising thing in the world ever if they were to 
be a decent playoff team this year. I don't think they're winning a championship, but I, I think you know what they are at this point. I don't see them just miraculously turning it on. And I think the uncertainty around, you know, Andrew Wiggins and his availability to that team is massive, especially and even more importantly in the playoffs. <clears throat> I'm going to echo what you what you say, Raja. I believe that to be true. I don't think that they make a run this season. I don't necessarily think it's the end of the dynasty, you know, because like I think that right. this was just a bad season, and I think that they do they can retool. Um, they have a lot of question marks going into the to the off season. All they got to do just go pay Bob Myers, and then just go back to the drawing board and have another summer to figure it out. I do th- think that they they have a competent front office, a more than competent front office. It's going to go down as one of the best of all time, I think. And they have the the pieces to be able to make a run in the future. I just feel like it's just a team after a certain point continues to tell you who they are after months and months of doing the same shit, right? Like they, every time I've seen the Warriors, you know, I, I, I see them at home most of the time. So when I see them I'm like, Oh shit, are they back? They're back. Oh man, they just beat this team, but they're at home. And then I go see them on the road and they do, they just, they just lose to somebody just clearly beneath them. Right. And then they'll do something like they did the other week and beat Dallas on the road and have just one of the best road games of the season. You're like, Oh shit, maybe they are primed to make a run. You never know. But I'm of the mind now, especially with the Wiggins situation, especially with just what's gone on over the last few. I just don't trust him. I don't, I don't trust him. Now, I say all I have to say, if they get a three-six matchup with the Kings first round, I, what what who am I picking? I'm picking the Warriors, right? So like, it's a twofold thing. Do, do they? Then you start talking to yourself in. Do they have the right side of the bracket? Can they? Can they? Can they go make a run on this end? They go pick a team after the Eastern Conference be- beats themselves up. Did they? Can they beat an Eastern Conference team in a seven-game series? I don't know. But overall, I don't trust this team. We'll see what happens next year. I think for for whatever happens, they're going to sh- have a good showing in the postseason. They're going to be on some G shit. They're gonna they're gonna lose admirably. And we'll see what happens in the offseason. That's that's my take on on the Golden State Warriors. Um, all right, Raj, it's it's time for snow talk, and I think it's time to to pour out a little liquor, man, for our guy. So we got to bring Kiggity Kerm out of the motherfucking cut. What's more, it's going to be a little sad conversation of snow talk. Kerm, bud, how you feeling? Let's set this up. I'm feeling fucking terrible, dog. <laughs> like, this I think was... that's why Roger was feeling shitty to start the show, man. Like it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's a tough, it's a tough segment coming up. Hadn't I did? Hadn't I just said that was my favorite character? Did I say that on an episode on yeah. Spring Break? I had just said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emotional episode from really start to finish, even before we get you know Jerome pass, and we just got so many intense scenes. But I guess to kick things off, let's treat this whole segment as a memorial today. So, uh, first question: Over the six seasons of Snowfall, what were some of your favorite you know Jerome moments that come to mind? Oof, that's a tough question. That's a that's a big question. I saw this in the in the in the ch- I saw this in the uh, in the outline before we went on. So I went to go watch a compilation of just great funny Jerome moments. And when he talks about gotta learn how to squab, when he goes into, <laughs> when he gets into like, you gotta learn how to squab. I think that's my favorite one. When he's in the car and he just beat somebody's, and he just beat somebody's ass who disrespected him, who had a gun. He was like, gotta learn how to squab, little homie. That's my favorite Jerome moment. There's a, there's a plenty of Jerome moments that are great, but I just think that that's one, that's at the top tier of Jerome. I'm going to miss my guy. I'm going to miss Hawk, man. I'm going to miss yeah. Hawk. Look, my favorite Jerome moment. I don't know. There are, too, there, there are too many of them, Kurt. So sorry if I don't answer the question all the way. But it was it was in the episode, um, the last episode, when he finally told Louis, like, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm done with this. I've been here for you. Like, this is not what I have. I've been wanting. It's been on my heart and I'm leaving. And I knew right then. I knew it. I knew it. I knew he wasn't making it out. As soon as he said it, I knew it. And, you know, hey, man. But anyway, yeah, that one one hurt because Rome was my dude, man. And I... Ah. You knew it was bad, though, bro, because you know if you're really going to Jamaica, you ain't telling nobody. You're just getting on a plane and leaving everybody, bro. You're not going back. You knew it was bad as soon as he stepped foot in that house. I'm going to do one more drop? Bro, no. No. What? No. No. 
Nah, fam. Nope. Yeah, that's a perfect transition. I kind of want to talk about that scene a little bit more, or multiple scenes between Jerome and Louie in the, in the episode, you know? So we saw, like, a drunken Jerome ready to leave Louie in the game for the trip to Jamaica. Louie apologizes for putting him in this position and begs him for more time uh, because, you know, Jerome is essentially her protector in the game and keeps her valid. And she's talking about, she's in pursuit of chasing, you know, her self-fucking worth by continuing to self <laughs> crack to the black community. So let's uh let's keep it a bean here. Does Louis' pursuit of self-worth in the game make any sense to y'all? Cause I was I was a little confused. Sis, you gotta find self-worth in something else, bro. Like in you gotta find self-worth in your equestrian work. You know, you're out here out, outside, you know, you gotta if you're gonna be the black princess Diana, you gotta just be that. That you could find self-worth in that, right? You could find self-worth. How about this? Just being alive. Just being alive, right? Also, if your protector's leaving, I don't know about you guys. I'm leaving with my protector. All right, I'm going over. I'm going with them. I'm going to go where whoever is my. I'm going with them. I, I'm so. And also in that compilation that I watched, I saw a lot of fuck shit from Louie of just continually getting the family into some bullshit, perpetually getting them into some bullshit. Raja, no, listen, don't get me started, man, because I don't want to come off. I, I don't like Louie at all. <laughs> I don't. I feel a lot. I feel kind of like you. I feel like a lot of that. Now, clearly, Franklin has has drug everyone into this life, but I feel like things and the sta- like. It, we could have kept existing in this world where we were all, we were all doing it together, even though you're not the boss. Like fundamentally, I'm not greedy like that. Like I'm not like I gotta be the shine or I gotta be the boss. Like I'm not you, wired. It like seems that. like so you to do people, that that owns the um that owns the fucking chop shop and you just got your money and you just chilling. That seems that's like the kind of guy you are, do. right? I yep. just want to chill. So it's really difficult for me to see people that ain't happy ever, no matter what. And if they if they can't run it and they can't have it like be the boss of it and the face of it that 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 they rather burn it down then then keep living in this great world. And so that bothers me. And then on, on top of it, like that was so hard for me, dog, when this man just told you he don't want to be in this. And, you know, and if you ever loved him and all of that, and you talking about give me more time, you literally do not love me. Like, that's what you've just said to me. You do not love me. That's not what like I'm saying, that. Louis. You over here trying to you're, you're trying to keep the CIA happy, and then you also bringing a cop up in our operation and stuff, bro. Like, what are we doing? A I'm crack sorry. smoking cop. Like, I'm your bodyguard. That's what I yeah. am. Like, basically, right? Because you can't have no love for me if I just told you that, and that's where that's what you want. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Right. What's the next question? So yeah. After these intense scenes, not only does Jerome not get to go to Jamaica, but Louis <laughs> gets kidnapped <laughs> by Kane's crew. Shit gets real ugly with the torture and the abuse. We don't got to dive into that. No, uh, no, no. We, we definitely don't need to get into that. Definitely not uh, Ringer NBA show approved. <laughs> so I guess walk me through your emotions when we see Franklin get the band back together, essentially, and and try and, you know, make peace with Jerome, gives Jerome info on where his queen is. And, you know, we get the, the whole crew, including Scully, uh, Leon, everybody getting ready to go and tackle Kane's army. How were y'all feeling when we got that, you know, that come together moment? I was feeling mad as hell because I knew Rome was about to get got. Like, I knew that was the end for Jerome. I knew it. Now, <laughs> there was a part of me, there was a part of me that was, that was, uh, you know, like, when push comes to shove, that's family. And I was, pr- I was proud of that for them, right? Like, we're, going, we're not going to let it go down like this. Even, even after we've tried to kill each other for, for three months, like, ain't nobody else going to kill her. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna go in there and get her back, but I knew, I knew, I knew it was gonna be the end of Jerome, and that made me really sad. And then I just want to say this, and I'm put that out there: the previews for the next episode and the stance that Louis is taking, bro. I'm, I know this isn't all about Louis, but that shit is all on Franklin now. Jerome's death is on Franklin. I'm all the way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog, listen, bro. Like, I might not not even be able to see the actress in person, Logan. Um, That's where I'm at. (laughs) I might not even be able to see the actress in person. (laughs) Hey, hey, Raja, why are you yelling at somebody, (laughs) Rand? Why are you doing it? 
Raja, get back over here. I'm, so, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm not going to hold you, bro. I kind of shed a thug tear when I saw the gang getting back together, right? Because it looked like a storybook ending. It looked like they were going to be back on top. It, I felt I felt good. I felt really good. I felt, I felt, I felt good. It felt like the Warriors at a home game. I was like, okay, the band's back together. They're going to go win a title, right? That's what I thought. And then, like, it increasingly gets to the point when they go back to Kane's spot, bro, that it's just not going to end well for anyone. So You can't go into a – they went into an ambush, bro. You can, there's no way that it was going to go good. Um, I'm just sad right now. I'm just really fucking sad. And here's the thing, man. I would have rather Jerome stay alive. Even if we went and they killed Louis, Jerome's still alive. Okay, everyone, we're fine. We're good. Then, then Franklin be like, I told you about them. I told you. I told you it was all bad. Then Jerome's like, you all right, nephew. And then let's go kill everybody. <laughs> we, 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 we own it, right? Now I'm conflicted. Are they, they going to kill Louis? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. What's next? What's next, Karen? Does Franklin have, have any share of blame in this uh, for Jerome's death? Because y'all clearly are in agreement. Louis, Louis at fault to a certain extent that Jerome died. You know, I know she was tortured this episode, so pour one out for Louis because that, that was sad. Yeah, pour one out for so, Louis for sure. In the, in the blame game, do you give Franklin any blame or is it just Louis? I give, Fra- I give Franklin some bra- Fra- blame. Franklin is the genesis of all of this, right? Like Franklin is what is, and, and his greed um, is what, what got us to this point and got us started at this point. But I would just say this, we were we were at an okay place, right? When you decided you needed the plug for yourself, Louis. Like that that for me was the that was the point where where lives were now put in jeopardy from each other and all of this shit kind of started. Like you that and so I don't hold Franklin responsible for that. Louis, what what did you think was gonna happen? When you went behind the man's back, what did you think was gonna happen when you stole Teddy? See, this thing about I got about Louie, bro. Like, she don't think things through, man. Like, you could have had your whole, like, cool-ass equestrian lifestyle, bro. And now you got people out here. Now you got people coming to, like, the burbs out here trying to pop you, bro. Like, that just... Louie just brings trouble no matter what, man. No one, no one asked her to do all of this shit. And the fact is, bro, you brought... You were so bad at what you were doing. You brought everybody together to come save you, and you still came out fucked up in the game. Right? Every problem, you can look it up. Every problem that has come up in the operation of Franklin Saint and in the operation of the drug game, Every problem traces somehow back to Louie, bro. The expansion, <laughs> right? The the like, dog, this ain't on your operation. You ain't even really part of this family. If you want to keep with a bean, you're not even really here, right? Mm. You, you mm. right? Mm-mm. Your last name ain't Saint. It is, but not because of it's not, it ain't it ain't blood. So you need to go over here. It's, you should have been taking several seats. And now we out here, and now I think it's it's also crazy because they have done a so far has done a good job of this, right? Because there are no redeeming characters, and like they couldn't have Jerome live because you can't have all your cake and eat it too. And now Louis is in this space of like it's so conflicted. You alive, but you still like I'm sure Franklin and them want to pop you still, you know, because you just got my my uncle killed. Like there's so many. They do a great job of bringing conflicted emotions. So good job on Snowfall. But Louie got the game fucked up, and I think if she walks, listen, I'm going to just say this. If something happens to Franklin and Louie is left standing at the end of this snowfall, I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. They can't, it, like... That's probably going to be safe. That's probably going to be content saved for the group chat and the group chat only because we, they, it is... I'm just pissed right now. Great show. All right, that was that was our latest edition of, of well Snow done, Talk. Kerm. I have well done, Kerm. I have no idea what's going to happen, man. But it's just like the NBA season. We're just going to have to wait and find out, Raja. That has been another edition of our Monday Real Ones. I'm so happy to have you back, bud. It's great good to be it's here. A, it's 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 been good, man. We're we're here for the home stretch. Y'all know what it is. We will see you guys Thursday. Talk soon. All of the shits. Holla. Tap in. Ah, ah, ah. see y'all soon. Peace. Put it in the chat. 
This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 